Welcome to Who Was She podcast, where I, Tara Jabari, share the stories of women throughout Baha'i history. This season is about the life of Lydia Zemanoff, an Esperantist and a Baha'i who traveled through three continents to teach languages and efforts to bring unity to humankind. In the previous episode, we learned about Lydia's father, Ludwig Zemanoff, and how he developed his new language, Esperanto. In this episode, we will learn how Lydia became an active Esperantist and was starting to be seen as a new leader for the Esperanto movement. As the family continued to grieve, Clara took Ludwig's passing the hardest. Lydia often wrote how she witnessed her mother age suddenly, but she had a duty to be strong for her children, especially for her teenage daughter, and to continue her husband's work progressing Esperanto. For Lydia, when she was a girl, she actually did not like learning Esperanto. Slightly embarrassed, her parents continued to speak with her in the language, but she was stubborn and independent, refusing to respond in Esperanto. However, eventually she did see that the language was an example of bridging gaps between people and its significance in people's lives. In later years, all of her letters were written solely in Esperanto, she witnessed how many people bonvenigas or welcomed a language that would strive for unity during a world war. By 1918, World War I ended and Poland became an independent nation after over 100 years. The country now found itself poor and overpopulated. The Jews suffered greatly and anti-Semitic violence broke out in 130 towns and villages throughout Poland. The country found itself clashing with the Red Army, and there continued to be a lot of unrest throughout the neighboring countries. A teenage Lydia took initiative and began translating literature into Esperanto. Lydia began her mission. She would propagate the Esperanto language in order to fulfill her father's wishes. As she grew older, her cousins and neighbors wrote that she was of slight build, not handsome, but had an, quote, interesting face. When it came to going to university, Lydia did not go to the traditional route of medicine like her siblings. Instead, she was accepted into the University of Warsaw with the intention of studying law just as her mother had wished. Even though she was of Jewish background and anti-Semitism was in high gear, she was able to be accepted into the Polish University where, at the time, there was a strict quota of limiting how many Jews could attend university. While her mother's wishes were fulfilled, Lydia revealed to a friend that her heart was not into the subject. She continued to work hard in school and in Esperanto, while falling victim to prejudice and anger by her fellow Polish citizens for her background. During the Universal Congress of Esperanto in 1924, Lydia accompanied her mother, who was fragile and suffering from liver cancer. One of the speakers that year was Edmund Privat, a disciple of Ludwig. He spoke of what is needed by Esperantists today. Quote, Our task is very clear. We must slay the dark dragon of misunderstanding among peoples. We must spread that language in which dwells the youthful spirit of the new humanity. Inspired, Lydia began to take a more public role in the Esperanto movement. Soon, 
Esperantists learned there was another passionate Zemanov who expressed openly and fearlessly of the need for unity. After World War I, the Esperanto language grew with new people learning it every day. In 1924, the League of Nations and the Universal Telegraph Unions unanimously recognized Esperanto as a clairlingvo, or clear language, for telegraphy. It was also the year Clara Zemanoff passed away. With the matriarch gone, Esperantists hoped another member of the Zemanoff family would become a leader in their movement, particularly the eldest child, Adam. But he had other responsibilities with his own family and his growing medical practice. Sophia was also busy pursuing her career in medicine. It would be Lydia, now 20 years old, who would carry on her father's passion project. She no longer had her long blonde hair in braids, replacing it with a short bob that was common for the time and was only five feet tall. But the petite Lydia became more active in the Esperanto conferences. She would be recognized for her, quote, thoughtful blue eyes. Unusual for the time, Lydia never married or had children. It was recalled that at least six Semenov women did not marry at all, including Sophia, Lydia's sister. Instead, the real expectation was to be doing some kind of work which was a service to humanity. While Sophia became a doctor, Lydia would become a teacher of the Esperanto language, traveling across oceans and influencing all that crossed her path. Lydia was less intrigued of homemaking, having never learned how to cook, was shy and could be introverted. She also had few true friends that she confided in. One Esperantist recalled, the young men used to say Lydia Zemanoff has only one lover, which is the Esperanto language. Lydia was more interested in the life of an intellectual and believed, similarly to her father, that world peace could not be accomplished until all the peoples of the world could communicate with each other. Esperanto was the ideal means for that. She also identified herself as an atheist, having witnessed and been victim to how religious persecution only tore people apart. But the 17th Universal Congress of Esperanto, held in Geneva, Switzerland, would introduce Lydia to someone who would change her life forever. She would meet an American journalist, teacher and Esperantist, Martha Root. They would bond over the common interest to bring peace for people through the power of language. Martha herself was a member of the Baha'i faith and believed in the power of religion. This was the same faith that was spoken to Ludwig Zemanoff and the same faith whose followers were encouraged to learn Esperanto. This meeting united these women so closely that they referred to each other lovingly as spiritual mother and daughter. Lydia was now inspired to travel and teach Esperanto across borders and oceans. On the next episode, we learn more about Martha Root and her influence on Lydia. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at who was she podcast and please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast logo was designed by angela masakio music was composed and performed by sam red i am your host tara jabari Thank you.